Hello and welcome to SourceCast episode 5. I'm JD. And I'm Jeremy. And in this episode, we're going to talk about a bit of, take a bit of viewer feedback, and we're going to be reviewing Fedora 9. First up, the viewer feedback. Our first comment on the website is from Barry Williams. He has been listening to us on Hacker Public Radio, which we're being syndicated on Hacker Public Radio now, if you didn't already know. And he w- he's basically saying that um, we're assholes and, you know, we think just because we review, you know, distros that most other people don't like, Foresight and Arch and probably Gentoo in the future, you know, we're doing so much different stuff and, you know, we're elitist dickheads and we're going to scare potential listeners away from, you know, because of how anal we are on our ratings and stuff. Basically, yeah, you want to take this one? (laughs) Uh, Surely. Uh, Well, uh, this guy mentioned uh, in his feedback that he was a big Ubuntu user and fan. And, uh, hey, I like getting flames, and my response is, I'm glad we could piss off another Ubuntu elitist. I only had the deepest of regrets that it wasn't John O'Bacon. <laughs> I, I agree. I mean, yes, we're assholes, and yes, you know, we, you know, we might hate on distros, but if there was a perfect distro, like, I, like we said last episode, we would give it the props it deserves. And everyone keeps using Ubuntu, and for some magical reason, they don't see how crappy it is. We're vicious, mean, and unforgiving, but it's a two-way street. If we stumble upon the perfect distro, we will have nothing short of virtual hard-ons for it, I have no doubt. Yes, yes. And uh, you've got our next uh, comment, Jeremy. So you want to take that one? All right. Uh, Yes, this guy says... uh, I hope you guys never have to learn a foreign language. It probably would be too hard because not all languages are alike. When to that I say, well, you know, then you have the, uh, that's, that's a very poor analogy. You got languages out there like Icelandic and all the Nordic languages that are ridiculous and crazy. And then you got some languages like Spanish where everything is designed reasonably easy and, uh, German is even more simplistic. Uh, but to continue. Yeah, and you've got all the Latin-based languages that basically, like, you know, they're easy to adapt from, like, one Latin-based language to another, reasonably. Yeah, if if you can get conjugation down, you've pretty much done Spanish. You can learn basic Spanish in a week or two. It's that simple. To continue, um, you probably would demand the whole world speak the same language. Um, Well... Yes, it's called the lingua franca, and uh, ironically, given that that's a French phrase, it's English. It's the international business language. If you go to China and start talking business, even though you're in China, odds are you're probably going to be speaking in English. Uh, it's a good thing. It's it's efficiency in communication, and you said that's not going to happen. Well, it already has happened. It's called the international business language for a reason. To continue anyway... Um, I like the diversity in Linux, and this is where it gets funny. If you want standards, then tell the Ubuntu people not to change things just for the sake of change. I have had to rewrite quite a few scripts because they want to change something to fit their whims. The changes are usually less functional. Personally, to say that Ubuntu is the leading 
distribution is a pile of cow manure. In business, RPM-based distros rule, and while he's right, it kind of, you know, makes me, you know, want to vomit. Um, anyway, uh, personally, I like the differences between the distros. Why not do your own distro and quit complaining? Well, if we review all these distros and they all fail, we may just do that, although it's probably simpler for us to just make up for Arch Linux's shortcomings, which personally I'm already doing. To continue. Yes, and also, uh, also on that same token, I actually am working on my own distro that possibly we'll talk about in the point five release, and we will definitely, probably, be reviewing when I release it. Yes. And um, he says, I use several distros, and it does not kill me that they're not perfectly alike. Are you guys afraid of Alzheimer's disease or something? And and he says he agrees that the Windows-based products are you know have their tremendous shortcomings, and he's been Windows-free for several years. And some of the shortcomings we mentioned can be easily remedied if we bother to do a little research instead of superficial review. And no, it's not you know afraid of getting Alzheimer's disease. It's just getting sick and damn tired of having to memorize how to do it twenty fucking different ways when. It makes sense to do it one. You know, why should I go, for example, using your language analogy, why should I, when I'm making a pitch to a company, for example, have to say it in 20 freaking languages? Why not everybody just be on the same page to begin with? Yeah. And um, and part of the shortcomings that I come across, you know, I want the distro to help me to solve any problems I come across. If I can't even get an X session up, like in Foresight, I'm fucked. I will have to go get a second computer to figure out my problems, and that's sort of breaking the spirit of reviewing it. I want it to succeed or fail in its own right, not succeed because I happen to have another computer I can jump on and figure out how to fix why it's fucking up. That's sort of cheating in my book. Yes, and also, I mean, it's not like, you know, in Debian, you've got the depackage, reconfigure, xorg-x server. In uh, Pac-Man, I'm sure there's something, well, there's x-configure. But, you know, why do I have to learn the different syntax to fix that in Foresight and the different syntax to fix that in, you know, Fedora and all that stuff. And yeah. that is a major obstacle not only for third-party vendors to support Linux, but for Linux to make inroads into education and business. You know, you're, you're not, this crap doesn't fly in a professional environment, period. Yeah, and also that's the thing. Like, Grandma, you know, she'd probably have no problem calling up Microsoft and saying, like, hey, my computer's not starting. What the hell is going on? You know, I'm not so, you know, you can't tell grandma to, you know, go read the man page. No. That just, you know. And and that whole computing market is completely out until things become standard and you can read one doc that tells you how to do everything you need to do and you're done. Yes, and that email was sent in by Davy Jordan. Yes. Oh, and as for Ubuntu... Deciding to, you know, randomly change it for no reason, I completely agree. And they'll change from uh, bin sh as bash to dash, shaved very little time off boot, which is its main advantage, and it breaks compatibility with pretty much every shell script 
that uses bin sh as the operand, which uh, does anyone see why that's intelligent? Really? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, we've covered a bunch of it's a mixed basket. They do stupid stuff like that, but then turn around and do miracles that no other distro seems to be able to accomplish, especially with hardware, which is probably indicative of the sheer manpower they've got working back there. Yes. Yes. But um, on to the Fedora view, I guess, and uh, I'm up first. For those of you who don't know what Fedora is, basically think of it as Ubuntu, but backed by a major company, and it's pretty much the playground for Red Hat Enterprise. Also, it seems like they like to push the envelope a lot more than Ubuntu by including unstable, not ready for primetime stuff in their releases, which there are some good things about that and some not-so-good things about that. Like, um, I'm not counting this as part of my review, but currently, the ATI binary driver does not work in Fedora because ATI hasn't revved their driver for Xorg 7.4, which still isn't released. Although it's coming soon. On to my review. First, I'm going to talk about the positive stuff because, well, the list is kind of long. First, the boot splash is bloody awesome. And it's it looks really good. It's really well done when you click the details. It's not like it, you know, takes a minute to load up the details, and those look good as well. The artwork's decent. Um, it use it root is enabled by default, which some people might see that as a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, except for the fact that there's no sudo by default, which depending on what side of the of the distros you're familiar with might be a little bit off to you. Uh, it's got a very easy to understand partitioner. You know, it's just got three little radio buttons for like, you know, delete my whole hard drive, resize my other partition, and one other thing. It uses LVM by default, which is very, very smart because LVM is the future. I'm not going to explain it. Google is your friend. Um, the install, for some reason, seemed very, very fast. It seemed to take about eight minutes from double-clicking the install icon on the desktop to rebooting into the OS, whereas Ubuntu, at least on my test system, takes about 20 minutes for that, for the Ubuntu install. It's quite up-to-date compared to OpenSUSE and Ubuntu. Just, it's possible because they release about a month later than Ubuntu releases, but it's it's still quite a bit more up-to-date. Um, my touchpad right-hand scroll worked by default. It has a codec installer, which I'll talk more about in the negatives, because that's also a bit of a negative, although kind of a nice feature there. 
the biggest upside is, at least in my mind, it has an amazing firewall display network services and user manager software. Uh, it makes, for me at least, on GNOME, they made OpenSUSE's Yast look like a joke. I was amazed. Uh, Auto9 and the Ubuntu forums are very awesome. They're, they're pretty much comparative in my, in my mind to the Ubuntu forums, which seems about standard for desktop distros these days. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. And it felt like all the default settings, except for the typical one where Firefox is not in browser mode by default, and Pulse Audio, which is a personal problem, um, all the defaults seem very good. On to the negatives. Simply, as much as I like the install, there are too many options and this time I'm pretty sure of it. None of them were under an advanced menu. They were just out there. And again, grandma might get confused by like, what the hell is all this? You know, what do I click? What do I do? Um, the new package updater is slightly buggy by, um, and this is just for anyone who's interested in possibly filing a bug report or whatever. If you see that there are updates, you click the details tab, you browse them, and then you go back to the overview tab. It doesn't say there are any packages to update, which is a little bit weird, but it happens. Um, When I installed it, there were 282 updates. That that's just amazingly bad. And for one, they're going they're probably going to be more updates before Fedora ten comes out. And uh they're not planning on releasing a nine point one disc with all those updates rolled in. I just Yeah. Um they don't make getting the NVIDIA binary driver easy. Basically NVIDIA driver, not in the default repos, even in the, um, you know, rpm.conf.d. No way to enable NVIDIA binary. No way to enable repos with Flash. No way to enable repos with Skype. For all that, you have to manually go to Lavina and set up the Lavina repo or use something like Auto9 to set it up automatically. That being said, the package repos, what's actually in them, feels very, very small. It could be because uh, Fedora sorts them differently, as in Fedora sorts them by, like, KDE stuff, GNOME stuff, XFCE stuff, when there should be an option to show all, if I want to just browse and see if there's anything interesting that I use. Um... Also, as I mentioned, no sudo by default, also no wget by default. So if you do decide to install the NVIDIA binary driver by wgetting it, 
and then you know running the binary, it you'll have to install wget, which can be a pain. It's just again, it's in Debian by default. It's in Ubuntu by default. What, why isn't it in Fedora by default? Um, also, the codec auto install doesn't suggest GStreamer codecs. It doesn't suggest Exxon codecs. All it suggests is Fluendo codecs, which, other than the MP3 codec, all the Fluendo codecs cost money. Facepalm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, the repos are quite slow. I don't think it was my connection because at least on my Debian and Arch Linux systems, those repos were fast. So I, I just, I feel that if the biggest Linux uh, company that sells Linux is behind this, why can't they put some more servers on Fedora so that the repos don't go at two kilobytes per second? Yeah, you just might have gotten bad luck. I actually had pretty pretty quick downloads myself. Ah. Also, one thing I forgot to put in the upsides that, yeah, I forgot to write it down. Um, yum is very, very close to the best syntax for package manager because it's like yum install, yum update, yum, uh, you know, remove, yum search. Yes. All of them pretty self-explanatory, pretty easy to understand. It's it's only when you start getting into, like, for example, at least this is the way it used to be. I didn't try doing it on, um, on Fedora, this install. To install an RPM, it's RPM-UVH space the file name of the RPM, which is just... Stupid. Yes, I came across that. But I'm happy that Yum has no bizarre alphabet soup parameters like Pac-Man and, and even Pollutus and other ones like that do. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, also, some of the stuff in there is overly simplistic, which could be a good thing, could be a bit, you know, it makes it a little better for Grandma, a little harder to get to stuff for the power user, I just felt that things were a little bit too buried. But overall, I was pretty happy with Fedora. And surprisingly, Fedora, at least in my testing, well, I'll explain. For a granny rating, I gave it an 8.5. Because although granny, you know, although it's got too many options and it's kind of a pain to get codecs. At least it's as simple as going to the forums, downloading Auto9, checking codecs in Flash, and you're done. It's not like you've got to go in and figure out which repos to disable, and then figure out what package to install on Ubuntu or some. That's just too much. For Power User, I only gave it a 3.5 simply because... I didn't see that it had really anything over the other mainstream distros we've reviewed. And personally, I scored it down a little bit because it's a bit, 
it's a bit difficult to get, you know, to custom compile, and it's a pain in the ass to build proper RPMs, at least compared to Debs. As for annoyance, I also gave that a 3.5 simply because of the uh, updates thing, the Flash, the Skype, and basically needing Auto 9 for that, even though I feel capable of going in and editing my software sources to not have to, you know, to be able to do it manually. Uh, for software selection, I give it a 6.5. It's decent. You find a decent number of um, RPMs on the internet. Not as many as Debs, but not bad. And like I said, except for the non-free stuff, the repos are decent. For community, I gave it an 8.0. The community, it's pretty much equivalent to Ubuntu. That that goes pretty much without saying. And for performance, I finally did RAM and Geekbench tests. I know, you all are thinking, holy crap. Uh, I gave it a 6.0. It used 160 megabytes of RAM on boot, which uh, to me, it seemed like less than Ubuntu. And it also, you the Geekbench score was 1,110, which is about 100 points lower than Arch Linux and Debian Unstable, which is, again, about accurate for a mainstream distribution that likes to load, you know, 6 billion kernel modules and Bluetooth by default and all that stuff. So... And for my overall rating, 6.0. At least in my scoring, I thought it was better than the other mainstream distros we've reviewed so far. But it it still can't hold a candle to the distros that me and Jeremy use on a regular basis. This being said, on to your review. Okay, my first encounter with... Uh, Fedora was back around Fedora Core 3 or 4, and I believe it was, yeah, it was Fedora Core 3 on a dedicated server I had, and I needed a more up-to-date version of either PHP or MySQL, one of the two, and to get that, I had to just upgrade to Fedora Core 4. And when I did that, it all went fine, well, and dandy, until I restarted the server, and it never came back up. And I had to pay somebody at the rate of, you know, $150, $200 an hour just to, A, throw a blank hard drive in there to allow me to, uh, excuse me, throw a blank Fedora Core 3 um, install drive in there and allow me to copy over all my files and stuff back. And, B, to go yank out the drive that was the hose install and put in the new one at the primary slot. So... That was decidedly an unfun ordeal. So I started my Fedora uh, review by using a Fedora Core 7 pressed DVD that I have from uh, Linux Pro Magazine. And uh, with the full intention of just upgrading not once, but twice to make sure if, you know, to see whether or not they've really got that fixed now because I'm still a little bit pissed off about what happened back then, frankly. 
And uh, so I installed uh, Fedora Core 7, and, okay, I'm a KDE and QT guy, but the Fedora Core 7 artwork is the most amazing artwork I have ever seen. It is the best-looking distro ever, period, full stop. It was incredible. Even the installer was themed with the rest of the artwork. It was I'm a big fan awesome. of the... Uh Fedora Core 6 uh, Helix DNA artwork, personally, but... Oh, the, 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 the FC7 artwork. I, uh... Yeah, it was good. It was really, really good. It was better. It was great. It was best. Awesome. Yeah, it was It was really good, except... I'm sorry. Um, KDE Mod 3.5.9 still beats it. I actually like it more than KDE Mod 3. And that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, that's not an easy thing for me to say because I'm a KDE and QT guy and this FC7 DVD um, didn't give me the option to install KDE. It was just, you're getting GNOME. And I still liked it that much. Wow. Um, So I pulled down the however many updates, several hundred, and rebooted. And the way you quote-unquote just upgrade in Fedora is um, you update as many updates as possible for your release, and then you um, have to manually install the update to the next version of the Fedora release RPM. It's, yeah, the RPM space dash capital UVH, there's some alphabet soup for you, space Fedora, and then and then the URL to the Fedora 8 release RPM, which basically does nothing more than update your repos. And so I did that. And then I ran yum upgrade again to let it, you know, just upgrade. And I got stuck in dependency hell with about 10 uh, broken RPM dependencies. Yeah. And just just to have a little bit of fun, uh, I added the Fedora Core 7 repos that you would need to have a full experience, namely Livna and a few other big RPM repositories, third-party repositories. And I installed some of the things I normally need and want and use in a Linux distro, and then just for shits and giggles, tried to just upgrade again, and the dependency hell got much worse. It was several dozen broken dependencies then, so no, Fedora is still epically fail at just upgrading, much to my chagrin. Um, yeah, I, I don't know why they can't fix that, even with, you know, yum. So I, uh, I gave up on Fedora Core 7. Uh, and shed a small tear at just how beautiful that artwork was, even as I shut it down. And I installed Fedora Core 9, and it appears to me to be KDE 4 in Fedora 9. And everything bad that I heard about KDE 4 was true. I am so very, very glad that Gen 2 and Arch didn't bother to even push releases of KDE 4. They just waited for 4.1. I am so glad because KDE 4 was hideous to deal with in Fedora Core 9. The live CD locked up and I had to restart and try again. Um, the installer was, of course, Anaconda. That's you know that's easy. It's straightforward. Um, I liked that it had the option to encrypt your entire hard drive at install time. 
that's that's nifty. Um, yeah, there were some bizarre problems. Um, my speakers all during the live CD. I used the KDE live CD. All during that in the install time, my speakers made this hideous popping noise like every six seconds. It was awful. I have no idea why, but apparently when it got installed, that went away for whatever reason. Thank God. Um, so I got it installed fairly uneventfully. It took average amount of speed I'd expect for that old Dell laptop. Um, 20, 30 minutes somewhere in there. Not bad. Um, the stock KDE 4 was extremely buggy. And when I say extremely buggy, I mean almost all things related to the panel didn't fucking work. The plasmoids, which are like the tray icons and things like that, they wouldn't refresh. So if you resized your panel, you would just see like these blank areas where the plasmoids used to be. And um, speaking of resizing it, you have one choice for size. Fucking huge, a.k.a. normal, or I can't see shit because everything won't resize properly. If you size down from normal to uh, small or tiny, the clock still stays at the normal size. So you see, like, half the fucking clock, and the other half appears at the fucking top of the screen. Oh, God. Uh, and the same thing with the uh, Fedora icon that they use for the um, for the launcher menu. It's... Horribly buggy, and I know, it's probably not even Fedora's fault. It's probably KDE's fault. Which brings me again. Thank God I didn't fucking use KDE 4.0. Um, yeah, there was no wget, which why it's not like it's taking up that much room. Um, my wireless, the infamous Broadcom Wi-Fi, still doesn't work in Fedora. To, to, so, you know, to this point, the only quote-unquote newbie mainstream distro that actually got my Broadcom Wi-Fi card working, to this point, is still Ubuntu, and I still have to go into the non-obvious area to enable the firmware. <sighs> people, people, this Wi-Fi card has been around for years. Come on, get with the program. Yeah, I, I at this point, I would agree with that. Um, and the network manager applet for KDE4, um, I don't know why they didn't just install a K network manager and push in like KDE libs3 behind the scenes. You know, it's it's a little extra overhead, but it's worth it for a good network manager um, front end in KDE. In fact, I actually maintain. Uh, in Arch user repository, K Network Manager 3, so I can have a good, nice looking, uh, network manager front end in KDE 4, because to this point, there's nothing KDE 4 native that's a good front end for network manager. Unless you're playing around in KDE's SVN repositories, but that's another story for another day. The network manager applet was Hideous, and when I say hideous, I mean to connect to a wireless uh, network. And by the way, I, the, 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 I couldn't get the firmware installed, so it probably wouldn't have worked anyway. But to connect to a wireless network, I have to specify the BSSID and the MAC address of the network I'm trying to connect to. Why fucking why? Oh dear God, why? Yeah, I just I got nothing. And my pet peeve for Fedora, it's been around since I was using it on my dedicated server FC3, and they still haven't changed it. SBIN is not in your path. 
normally in any other distro under the sun, you can do um, sudo or you know su and become root, and you can do and you can execute say um, iw config if you want to see what your wireless um, network adapter and its status and what it's connected to and so forth. Um, IW config is part of uh, wireless tools and it's installed in almost every distro in SBIN. You can't fucking do that in Fedora. In Ubuntu, I can go sudo IW config, works fine. In Arch, I can set up sudo to do that or I can become root and type in IW config, works fine. Same thing in Gentoo. Same thing in pretty much any distro but Fedora. In Fedora, if you want to use iwconfig, no, 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 you can't do sudo, and you can't do su. You have to do su space dash, and the dash is to inherit root's path. What is the fucking point? Are you too lazy to do proper permissions on SBIN? Why aren't the permissions sufficient? Why do you make me go through this bullshit just to run things in SBIN? It's unnecessary. It provides no real security benefit. And it's really fucking annoying. Yeah. So uh, for my ratings, um, for Granny, I gave it a 6. And I would go much higher on that if they would just go please, please, if you're a Fedora person out there listening, please, find the people who did the artwork in Fedora Core 7 or Fedora Core 6. Find them and bring them back. They are incredible. Um, Because the Fedora Core 9 theme doesn't hold a candle to those two. I still have a slight hard-on for the Fedora Core 7 theme. If you haven't already noticed. Um... For our power user, I give it a three because it is such epically fail at uh, at being able to upgrade between releases. You can still find RPM dependency hell very frequently, especially if you're using third-party repos. Um, I have a problem with Auto Nine. It it's it further fucks up your ability to upgrade between releases. It's it's kind of like automatics. Yeah, it works. Until a few months later when some updates come along or you go and try and dist upgrade and then your whole world comes crumbling down and if you go to the Fedora core, if you go to the Fedora support forums and, and, and ask for help, of course you're going to be told, oh, well, we don't support that. So I think Auto 9 is, is an interesting idea, but impractical and not what you want if you're a power user. If you're a power user, you want all that crap to be officially or sort of unofficially, officially, you know, quotes in the air on that one, supported. So yeah, like a to, non, yeah, yeah, like something like a non-free repo or like uh, Ubuntu's universe that's in the default repos, just comment it out. Yes. You know. Um, so for power user, I gave it a three. Um, and, and an awful lot of, and part of the, the knock on power user and annoyance is SBIN. I, I just have a, 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 it's not even like an annoyance. It's probably closer to like a raging hatred of SBIN not being in the path. Oh dear God, why? Anyway, um, for annoyance, I gave it a 7 uh, in verse 3 for if you're keeping count for averaging. And and most of that is the fact that uh, you have to do the Richard Stallman dance if you want anything non-free. Uh, Auto 9's out there, but same problems as I mentioned before. And then there's the S-Bin problem. 
and and the fact that you know, like you said, and I know there's some Fedora people out there that if if there's any listening that are developers or whatever in Fedora, they don't like the the phrase that you threw around earlier. Fedora Core is Red Hat's playground and sort of sandbox for testing. They don't like you to say that. Um, I think I remember somebody high up in Fedora basically trying to debunk that a few uh, like a year or two ago. But it's true. Uh, it's it's simply yeah. true. It, it, they push the most absolute, most bleeding edge crap out, tested or not, and it shows. And it, most of the time, that's going to cause you more pain than benefit. Right, right. Like, um, for example. NVIDIA currently has a binary driver that supports XORG 7.4, but for about two months after Fedora 9 was released, with XORG 7.4 release candidate 1, uh, or XServer 1.5 release candidate 1, whatever, um, there was no NVIDIA binary driver. Your only choices were 2D driver or Nouveau, which currently is made of fail for pretty much every chipset. Yeah, my biggest my biggest knock on Arch Linux is that I don't think there's enough uh, Q and A before they push stuff out and you know break some community projects out there with their updates. But good God, Q and A must be a curse word in Fedora. They're, they probably don't even. There's probably minimal testing. Even it's just hey, let's update the latest and push it out there. If it breaks, oh well. Yep. Um, I mean, I I for. Just fun. I upgraded to Fedora 10 Rawhide, or just Rawhide. There is no Fedora 10 in the version name, but who cares? Uh, and when I rebooted, none of my icons in GNOME worked. <laughs> Two days later, there was a up an upstream update to GNOME icon theme that was pushed to uh, that was pushed to Fedora that fixed it. But still, I mean, no icons? Seriously? Yes, if you're using Fedora, you are the guinea pig. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, uh, software selection, I gave it a three. Um, you're not going to win points from me in that category for having an automatics or an auto nine, because in the end, you will pay for that. Um, and if you go and add those extra repos like Livna or whatever, um, if you thought it was a bitch to just upgrade before, you just made it a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. For community, I give it a 9, um, and that's because, you know, Fedora Forms is pretty helpful. Um, the website's pretty good, and um, love them or hate them, a lot of the people behind the scenes at Fedora, which, you know, a, a huge chunk are undoubtedly Red Hat employees, they do so damn much of the dirty work to keep Linux going that nobody hears about. It's not glorified. Yeah. They don't get any, any you know, real this publicity. And if, if Red Hat were, didn't exist tomorrow you would find a number of big, important, down-and-dirty, in-the-trenches Linux stuff falling out of date and out of you know properly maintained status in a hurry. And yeah. if there's any Fedora people out there who are doing some of, that, some of that grunt work, for God's sakes, email us. We'd love to interview you. Yeah, and I mean, even back in the day when uh, GNOME 2 was very new, like 2.0, 2.2 versions like that, 
half the code in GNOME was from Red Hat people. Um, for performance, um, I gave it a four. Um, it was by far my lowest um, Geekbench score. It was around like 720, which is significantly off the pace of even SUSE. But the memory footprint was um, actually better even than Ubuntu. So it all, all well, that could have that could have been because you were running um, KD4, which 4.0 doesn't have. Like I don't think KDE PIM for KD4 existed then. You know, not as much stuff existed, and supposedly KD4 RAM usage is less than KD3. Yes. Um, so yeah, it was it was sort of a wash there. It was it, it was on the whole mediocre, given that it was a really poor um, Geekbench score, but a somewhat above average, somewhere hovering around average score for memory footprint, though. Yeah. So I gave it a four on that, and for those keeping track at home, that averages out to four point six 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 seven. Repeating, of course. <laughs> And so uh, I think that wraps up our Fedora review, unless you have anything else to add. Nope, I think that's it. Um, so before we get into how you can contact us, we will be um, adopting a new release schedule other than whenever the hell we get it out the door. <laughs> yeah. We will be... That- um, we will be recording on Sundays, and if you guys are interested in, you know, somehow setting that up so that you can listen to us live, contact us. We'll tell you how in just a minute. Um, and we will edit over the course of Monday and Tuesday, which means we will have a release either late Tuesday or Wednesday. And that will be our new schedule. Record Sundays, release Tuesday slash Wednesday. Yes, yes. And that will go for both distro review weeks and .5 release weeks. Yes. And um, uh, so if you have any input you'd like to add on that or any other feedback, you can reach us uh, our IRC channel, which is irc.sourcecast.org, um, pound sourcecast, and uh, our forums, sourcecast.org slash forum. And we have some polls up there, as usual. Um, you know, do you want this to be a video podcast? You know, other such thoughts. Uh, we welcome your feedback on the forums. Quite a few of you have done so. Also, on the actual main page, you can add a comment, too. And you can, of course, email us. And I am Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, at sourcecast.org. And you are? I am J-D at sourcecast.org. And so you can contact us any of those ways um, to, you know, give us feedback, let us know what you think of the show, our release schedule, you know, if you'd like to be able to listen to us live, uh, which I don't know how we'll work that out. Um, There's a couple other links podcasts that tried that, and it ended badly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that might well. So uh, our next episode will be a point five, and if you've got any news or trials, tribulations you you want us to discuss, drop us a line. But uh, I think our tease for that episode is we will be discussing Ubuntu Firefox antics, at least. Ubuntu Firefox antics and other browser-related 
stuff. Yes. Um, so uh, until next week, uh, we're using Linux, and we're in your Large Hadron Collider, destroying your universe. Caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting.